Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And sometimes we introduce you to a word, a word maybe you're unfamiliar with. The word today is fiduciary. We'll talk to you about that word, as well as the words executor, personal representative, and trustee. How exactly do the people who fill the roles those words encompass, how do they function? What do they do? How do they get appointed? How do they make sure that you have the right protections in place? And how do you find the right people to fill those roles for you and help them be as prepared as possible? Joining us this morning with the answers to these questions and much more information on the word fiduciary as well as all those other designations. We're so pleased to have with us Catherine Hammond, founder and president of Hammond Law Group. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Shannon. It's so exciting to be here talking about a word today. I happen (laughs) to be a word nerd, so this is fun for me. I hope it's equally fun for our listeners. I think I'm a bit of a word nerd too, because even though, I I mean, I've used that word and a sentence can do that, but I don't think I I know the technical definition of it. I know that you're going to break this all down for us and why it's important that we're all familiar with this term and many others. So let's talk about some of the roles that many of us have heard about, but we don't know exactly what they mean. We don't know how we get people to fulfill those roles. Let's start with that. That, that term fiduciary. What is a fiduciary and how does it relate to our listeners? Yes. So fiduciary is a term that's used in a lot of different um, parts of life. Um, and in this context, when we're talking about estate planning, a fiduciary is somebody who acts on your behalf when you can no longer act. So all of us will need someone to act for us at some point in time. So all of us will eventually need a fiduciary in some way. Does it, it okay? So you're saying that someone acts in our behalf. Uh, I'm going to ask you: Does this differ from power of attorney, or is it the kind of the same thing, but it, it maybe encompasses more? Yes. So a power of attorney is one, an agent under a power of attorney is one type of fiduciary, and hopefully we will get to all the different types of fiduciaries in our conversation today. There are a variety of different ones, but big picture, a fiduciary is someone who takes on personal legal responsibility and liability for doing things on your behalf. I feel like we're opening the curtain on something that we're going to be discovering a whole lot about. So when might some uh, someone need a fiduciary? So there are two major times. One would be if you become incapacitated. Um, and for most of our lives, up until age 60, it's more likely that we'll become incapacitated than it is that we will die. And so whether it's from a brain injury Uh, or from uh, some sort of debilitating disease or a stroke, Um, any kind of uh, disability that causes us not to be able to act fully on our behalf means that we need to bring in a fiduciary. And then also, whenever we pass away, which, you know, unfortunately maybe happens to all of us at some point, um, you will at the very least need fiduciaries to step in when you can't act on your own behalf anymore. All right, so that opens up a little bit more of our understanding. How are fiduciaries chosen? Is this our choice or, or how does it come about? 
Well, it depends on what kind of action you take before you need the fiduciary. So if you have the right legal documents in place, and we'll talk about those, then you get to choose who your fiduciaries will be, who will step in in your place if you become incapacitated or when you die. If you don't have the, the right legal documents in place, then your fiduciaries, the people acting on your behalf, will be chosen by a court. And the court obviously doesn't know your family, your friends, your situation, your values as well as you do. And so to a certain extent, they're going to be guessing about what's best for you. And so people aren't typically as happy with fiduciaries when they're appointed by a court as they are if they were chosen by us as individuals. Mm. Who should I choose to act on me, my behalf uh, when I no longer can? I mean, are there some, I guess, good choices out there? It all depends on your situation. There are a few basic types of options. So you can choose, many people choose a family member. So maybe your spouse, if your spouse, if you're married and if your spouse is around and healthy. Um, it might be your adult children or a brother or sister or a parent, somebody like that. It might be a friend, somebody that you trust, or it could be a professional. There are people who act as professional fiduciaries who can step into the variety of roles um, that we'll talk about. And a professional um, obviously has a little bit different take, and um, there are pros and cons to all of these different options. Well, we want to dive deep into the pros and cons of all these options, but we should mention uh, that you're having a workshop this afternoon, and there's still room, so people can uh, learn more without, I mean, it's free of charge. So tell us about this. Yes, we have an Essentials of Estate Planning Workshop this afternoon at 2 o'clock. We still have room. You can call our office at 719-520-1474 or go to coloradoestateplan.com to get details and register. Uh, we also have a webinar next Tuesday afternoon if you happen to already be busy this afternoon. But there's lots to know, and we love providing free education to the community. So come, come take advantage of it. Let's, uh, we have about a minute before we need to go to break, Catherine, but let's talk about, say, one of those choices that you might have for a fiduciary and the pro and con of those. Well, I'll say most people choose a family member or a friend, and sometimes that works out, but often it ends up causing frustration because they don't do everything the way everybody else thinks that they should, and so that can divide your whole family. Um, and there's still a lot of work to wrap up all of the legal and practical matters, even if you have a great set of estate planning documents and a great plan in place, there's still a fair amount of work to be done. So the pro is, with family members and friends, you know who's going to do it. You know and trust them. They understand your values. But the cons are that it can be divisive, and it still puts some burden on somebody uh, in a situation where they may already be grieving, they may already be busy raising their own family or living their own life. And so sometimes that works well and sometimes it doesn't work well. And so I think uh, pros and cons of professional fiduciaries um, are, are worth exploring for most people. Well, when we come back, let's talk about that, Catherine. As well, we're Wonderful. going to be talking about uh, some of the other things that you really need to know as to what kinds of fiduciaries are there 
and what do they do? We'll talk about that and much more as we continue our conversation with Catherine Hammond, founder and president of the Hammond Law Group. Again, you can reach them at their phone number, 719-520-1474. They have workshops like one this afternoon. They have a webinar coming up. Uh, Great ways for you to be introduced to some of the concepts we're going to be talking about here and find out uh, if you need that professional help that can help smooth out your estate planning and end-of-life planning. That and more as The Extra continues. Welcome back to The Extra. We're so pleased to be having a conversation today with Catherine Hammond talking to us about some of the technical terms that get bandied about uh, when it comes to estate planning uh, and even just regular uh, life planning that you may not be aware of. We're talking about, for instance, fiduciaries today. They are the people who step in to act on your behalf when you can't take care of your own affairs anymore. So let's talk about some more of those details uh, of the pros and cons of different options for fiduciary, Catherine. Uh, why don't you break some more of those down? We were talking about loved ones, a typical choice, but like you said, it can have some cons. Yes. So when you choose a loved one to act on your behalf, it can be divisive and it can be a little bit of a burden. The other option that people have, and a lot of people don't realize that they have this option, is a professional trustee or executor or other kind of fiduciary. And there's an obvious con to choosing the professional. It's higher, uh, a higher cost in terms of fees, at least on the front end. Although, Often what I see is that it's more financially efficient because things are done properly. And so you know, some of the pros that I see, and I've become a bigger and bigger fan of naming professional trustees and professional executors over my you know, 25 plus years in practice, because mostly because it's the most efficient way to get things taken care of. When you, when you pass away, if you have a loved one wrapping things up, even if you have a great plan that avoids probate, it can still take a family member or friend a good 6 to 12 months to wrap things up. When we have a professional fiduciary trustee executor step in, what we've seen is that it, it can often be done in just a few months and then everybody gets their money and they get to go on with their lives, everything is taken care of, and it preserves the family relationships. And so I, these days I recommend to clients that they consider naming a professional. Yes, you have to evaluate what's the financial cost and what's the financial benefit and what's the relational benefit to having somebody neutral. That way all of your family members can get mad at this third party, but it doesn't destroy the family relationships. They're all mad together at this third party that they don't need to have an ongoing relationship with. It doesn't tear apart your family for generations. Yeah, it doesn't uh, sow those seeds of, you know, maybe not distrust, but wedges, wedges that might uh, crop up. Yeah. And, and most uh, people who are even tapping into a family member, often they'll talk about, well, I'm going to remunerate them at some point. There is some plan to do it. So it's not like 
there's it's not like they're not planning on spending the money for that fiduciary process it's just that they're sending it to a family member which can like you said uh, it, it can work out well and it can uh, cause some more impacts that maybe you can't see uh, right away so let's talk about the different yeah, that's a great point yeah different kinds of fiduciaries Catherine what what kinds are there and what do they do um, so you mentioned one earlier, the um, financial power of attorney, the agent under that power of attorney is a fiduciary. So the power of attorney comes into play if you're alive and incapacitated. Whoever you've named there steps in and takes care of your financial affairs. That is technically a fiduciary. They're taking on responsibility and liability. There's also a conservator. If you become incapacitated and either the power of attorney uh, is not sufficient, which I, I'll plant a seed here. Most powers of attorney that we see don't end up working when they're needed. If you don't have a, an, a financial power of attorney that ends up working, then we need to go to court and have the court appoint a conservator. The conservator then manages your money and acts as a fiduciary, but they do it under the court's direction, and so they have to report to the court and follow the court's directions as to um, how to invest every penny that comes in and how to spend every penny that goes out. So there's a lot of control. There's also the guardian who's responsible for making sure that your personal care decisions are made properly. They're also appointed by the court. And then when you pass away, um, if there is a probate that's necessary, there's an executor, or in Colorado we call it a personal representative appointed by the court, often nominated by somebody in their will before they die. Or if you have a trust of any sort, including a living trust in place, it would be your successor trustee, whoever you have named, they are automatically going to be appointed as the trustee when you're either incapacitated or have passed away. And that's where you have the most control, making sure that the person you want is the one who's going to be stepping in. Mm. So let's uh, break down, what, for instance, what's the difference between an agent under a power of attorney and a conservator? So an agent under a power of attorney is somebody that you have chosen yourself. A conservator is somebody that the court has chosen. And so ideally, most of us want to be able to choose the person ourselves and, and trust them to make the decision. So ideally, you'll have a, uh, an effective, up-to-date power of attorney in place. But if you don't, then the court has to step in, and then they choose a conservator, whoever they think is best, and then again, they're in control of all the decisions about your money. Uh, clarify this for me, Catherine. So it both act when someone's incapacitated. So do you need both? You don't need both of them. It will typically be either one or the other, depending on whether you have effective, up-to-date documents in place. Oh, okay. So that's the key is making sure you really watch whether or not uh, you've let some of those agreements and decisions lapse in terms of the age right. of, the, of the documents and when they were created and formulated and signed, etc. Uh, what's the difference between an executor and a trustee? Because uh, I've heard both, I guess, terms bandied about interchangeably. <laughs> yes. And so they're very similar positions. So when you die... If, if you have any real estate or any probatable assets, 
when you die, you will either need an executor or a trustee to step in. And again, it comes back to what kind of documents you have in place. So an executor or personal representative, we call it in Colorado, is the person who is nominated. Um, if you have a will, you nominate who you want to come in and serve as your personal representative. And then the court gets to decide ultimately whether or not to appoint them. Typically they do, but it's just a nomination. It's not an appointment. That person would then carry things through the probate process. A trustee, on the other hand, is 100% chosen by you. So you name the trustee in your trust, and they automatically step into place. No court approval is necessary. And instead of the court directing them on everything that they do, just like with the conservator versus the power of attorney agent, with the trustee, they follow your instructions. They're not going to be micro, they're, they're micromanaged by a court. They're not even overseen by a court. They're simply carrying out your wishes according to your values and whatever uh, information you have left behind to guide them. And so they're better able to act on your behalf rather than on the behalf of a court who doesn't really know you. Catherine, this is fascinating, especially for uh, those of us who've had to deal with ourselves or with loved ones uh, trying to get them set up with uh, whatever uh, documents that they need to make sure that their financial affairs or medical affairs or uh, style of life affairs are, are, are taken care of the way that they want to as they get into their later years. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Catherine Hammond about fiduciaries, the people who step in to act on your behalf. If you'd like to find out more, you can go to coloradoestateplan.com. There you can find out information about seminars and webinars and all sorts of other services that are offered through the Hammond Law Group. Uh, Again, we need to take a short break here when we come back more with Catherine Hammond, and we'll talk about, you know, how we go about this process of bringing on a fiduciary. That and more when the extra continues. Welcome back to the second half hour of the Extra. We're talking today to our guest, Catherine Hammond. She's founder and president of the Hammond Law Group. And of course, if you would like to find out more information, they're always available to talk to you to provide information. You can go to coloradoestateplan.com to get details or give them a call at 719-520-1400. 74. Well, today we're talking about fiduciaries, the people who step in to act on your behalf when you can't take care of your own affairs anymore. And Catherine, you've described the different kinds of fiduciaries and when they act, but maybe it could be helpful for our listeners to get an idea of what exactly an executor or trustee does. Yes. So if somebody becomes incapacitated, the fiduciary who steps in, which is either the agent under your power of attorney or your successor trustee or a conservator, depending on what you have done up until that point, that person steps in and pays your bills and makes financial decisions. So they manage all of your money, your investments, your real estate, etc., and they make sure that all of your bills are paid. If it's a conservator appointed by the court, then they have to spend time uh, submitting annual reports to the court, detailed accountings of everything that they've done, et cetera, et cetera. So that one's fairly simple. When you pass away and you need a fiduciary to step in, 
then there's a fair amount that needs to be done by your executor, your personal representative, or your successor trustee. And some of the things that need to be done lie on the practical side, and some of them lie on the legal side, and yet others are financial. So, of course, when you pass away initially, one of the things that your fiduciaries need to do is take care of your personal arrangements, burial or cremation, funeral arrangements, things like that, securing all of the personal property in your home, making sure that your pets are taken care of. Those are the most immediate things that people need to take care of. And then within a few days, it becomes about making funeral arrangements, you know, calling um, some sort of minister or clergy to make sure that you have the service that you wanted, choosing a funeral home, um, contacting the Veterans Administration if somebody was in the military at any point in their lives and beginning to plan those services. And then we need to start thinking about the legal and financial things. So absolutely, whether or not you have an estate plan, make sure that you make an appointment with a, a trust and estate's attorney. Um, I recommend that you do that within two to four weeks after your loved one passes away. Give yourself some time to breathe and grieve first and then reach out to them. And then it's time to start gathering the important documents, the estate planning documents, the financial records, the real estate records, the business records, the insurance documents, and anything else, and order copies of the death certificate. Um, and then we start dealing with the specifics of getting all of the assets taken care of and canceling any services and uh, assets that are no longer needed selling any real estate or businesses, things like that, that are no longer needed, and then figuring out what all there is and eventually getting to the place where we're making distributions. Now, there are a whole bunch of other little practical things in there in terms of all the different organizations that you need to notify and the different companies for whom you need to do paperwork. And so we created um, a comprehensive list that's available to the public on our website if anybody um, would benefit from that. Um, and so there's, there's a lot to take care of, but it falls in those three main categories. It's practical, legal, and financial. And, and do, do these uh, trustees, for instance, typically act alone, or do they have someone to support them? I mean, how does that yeah. work? So it, it depends. So um, often there's one person who kind of takes on this responsibility, and if you've named a family member or friend, usually there's somebody else in the family who might be available to help them. I know when I stepped in as conservator and guardian for my mom, I had siblings, but I, I mean, I was 22, one of them was still away at college, and the other one was older and busy. And so even though I had siblings, I really truly was on my own for dealing with it. And so absolutely recommend that you use your, um, who, whoever your loved one is who passed away, use their team of advisors or use your team of advisors in terms of the financial advisor and the estate attorney and your support system. There's, there's practical support that you need and guidance and you need as much emotional support as possible 
when a loved one passes away and when you're navigating all of this because it it feels like a lot to everybody. Yeah, it, when you're grieving. yeah, it definitely does. And and speaking of some of those uh, tools that you have available, tell us about uh, what you have available on your website that might help for people who are seeking out uh, fiduciaries. Yeah, so we have a comprehensive list of what to do when a loved one dies, um, all of the things that I just mentioned and more, and that's available on coloradoestateplan.com slash free hyphen downloads with an S at the end. So coloradoestateplan.com slash free dash downloads. So we have, I think it's the second item on that list is what to do when a loved one dies, which is multiple pages that I put together after many, many years of guiding people through what to do when a loved one dies, and uh, people have found very, very helpful because it covers a lot of different areas of the things that you need to take care of. And then take advantage. For example, we um, offer a free meeting, at least 30 minutes of free guidance, even if you're not a client of Hammond Law Group, to help guide you through what next steps you need to take. All right. Sounds good. We need to take another break here, Catherine. You're used to this by now. Catherine's a frequent guest. We have her on about once quarterly and always enjoy getting some really valuable information out of this. So helpful uh, for people who are, are of any age, but certainly uh, people who have uh, relatives who are aging and need some help with that or yourselves. I mean, it's never too early to start looking ahead. We'll have more from Catherine Hammond when we come back. You're listening to The Extra on KRDO News Radio. Well, today's been a little bit like sitting down with folks from Merriam-Webster, only it's uh, more of a legal explanation we're looking for with some of these words we're talking about. We're talking about the words fiduciary. We're also talking about executor, trustee, all of these terms that are the roles that people will fulfill. Uh, Sometimes they are professionals. Sometimes they are family members. uh, Sometimes they are loved ones. Sometimes they are friends. What you need to know, how to differentiate between the various duties all of that we're learning about through Catherine Hammond, who's founder and president of the Hammond Law Group. So Catherine, in this final segment, uh, let's spell out for our listeners, how can they make sure their fiduciaries, the people who need to take care of things when they're gone, are prepared that taking care of their affairs doesn't become a huge burden for their loved ones? Yeah, such a great question. Um, The first thing is to make sure that you have excellent documents, that they were done by somebody who has great expertise in the area of estate planning, and that your documents are up to date. It's not the kind of thing that you can do once and then put in a drawer and pull out 20 years later. They need to be looked at again, and a good estate planning attorney will do free checkups with you periodically just to sit down and make sure everything is still in order. And then you need to make sure that you've chosen the right executor, personal representative, or trustee. Think through, if you've chosen a friend or a family member, is there a danger that that's going to cause some tension in your family? Is that person somebody who's in a position to give uh, wrapping things up on your behalf the attention that it deserves, or is that going to be a real burden for them? And do you need to consider somebody else or maybe even a professional? And then finally, 
make sure it's not just about the documents. Make sure that you've addressed things like identifying your end-of-life wishes and you've communicated those to your loved ones. Make sure you've written down a list of your assets and your accounts so that that's available to your loved ones when you're wrapping things up. A list of your advisors. Make a plan for who gets what from your personal property and communicate all of this to your loved ones. That's the most important piece, communication. So speaking of communications, let's communicate to our listeners how they can get more information if they have specific questions, because I found that, and uh, that's why I attended one of your webinars. Very helpful indeed. So let's talk about that. How can they get more information if they need to from you and your team members? Yes. So we have a workshop this afternoon. As I mentioned, it's at 2 o'clock, and we still have room, so you can call our office at 719 719- 520-1474 or go to coloradoestateplan.com to get details and register. I'll let you in on a little secret. If you come today, if you hire us by the end of the year, there's a special benefit for you. So if you come to the workshop this afternoon, you will hear about that. Um, and then also we have a webinar next Tuesday afternoon also at 2 o'clock. You can sit at home or in your office in the comfort of your own space and um, receive all of the uh, information virtually and it's live so you still get to ask all of your questions and have each of your questions uh, answered specifically so all right fantastic well Catherine uh, we are entering our final minutes here what would you like to say should be uh, the biggest takeaway from uh, this discussion of you know some of the legal terms why there are those legal terms and what those people do yeah the thing that feels most important to me in this moment is not any of the specifics about a fiduciary or what they do. It's most of us don't want to think about these things. We don't want to think about our incapacity or what happens when we pass away. And the thing that I want to remind you listeners is that at some point somebody else will need to take care of your affairs. Um, either making sure that you get the care that you deserve and at some point dealing with your assets and taking a little bit of time and energy and maybe money putting together a basic estate plan is going to make a huge, huge difference. So what, what we hear from people when they come in and they get their estate plan set up and they get it signed is a huge sigh of relief. People feel like they can, they've taken that burden off of their shoulders that was hiding somewhere you know, back in the back of their minds, oh, I know I should get this taken care of. And they know now that their loved ones are going to have the smoothest, best experience possible whenever those difficult moments come. All right. Well, Catherine Hammond, so helpful to get this information out there and certainly continue the discussion. Uh, really making those uh, decisions now can save you a lot of heartache and grief, and not just for yourself. I mean, we're talking about sparing family members, sparing loved ones uh, from having to agonize over some of these uh, issues. And um, like we said, you know, that wedge that can come in there, you know, even with the best of intentions, even if everyone is completely uh, being the most giving, selfless, altruistic uh, person they can in this uh, particular distribution of roles, it still can cause strife in families, can't it, Catherine? 
It sure can, and we see that all the time, and it doesn't have to happen that way. A little bit of work on the front end can really prevent a lot of heartache and division whenever your time comes. Well, as we mentioned, uh, there is a workshop this afternoon for which uh, there is still room. Catherine mentioned it earlier. Again, you can call 719-520-1474 to find out about that or go to coloradoestateplan.com. You can get the details. You can register online and that makes it easy as well. And also a webinar that's happening next week. They'll have information on that. So Catherine Hammond, our guest for today, thank you for joining us uh, our own personal dictionary when it comes to legal terms like fiduciary trustee executor etc thank you for joining us Catherine. thank you so much shannon and again Catherine is founder and president of the hammond law group i'm shannon bernius your host for today thank you so much for joining in on this conversation here on the extra we try to make it accessible we try to make it useful we try to make it important for you our listeners thanks again for listening tom martino is up after the top of the hour we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on krdo news radio